Welcome everybody to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast for week 12. The season is cooking right along and this week is looking grim in terms of value, in terms of, you know, lineup construction, just fitting your eye. It looks like it's going to be a week where we definitely are going to have some issues uh, and not really like the squad from the eye test when we enter it. There's just not a ton of value. Running back is disgusting, except for a few at the top. Um, And that's not to say value won't open up as the week goes on. But as of right now, uh, there is just, there's not the type of plays that normally we have at this point in the week. Like last week, Debo Samuel seemed like a pretty good play. Brian Hill, Miles Sanders. So throughout the week, um, you know, those 4K plays, open up, and I think some of the 4K plays that we have this week are uh, a little bit thin, uh, but we'll talk about them. At quarterback, I think there's really only two options. Um, There are viable options in between these two players, but I think you're either going to pay up or you're going to pay down. Uh, The first is Matt Ryan. He gets the pass funnel Buccaneers uh, defense that we love to target, you know, last in the league in passing yards allowed, first in the league in rushing yards allowed. For some reason, it's just they can stop the run, but they cannot stop quarterbacks from just gashing them through the air. We saw it last week. Drew Brees had his way with them, and we've pretty much seen it every week. So Matt Ryan, even though he probably won't have Austin Hooper or Devonta Freeman for another week, uh, Julio, Ridley, Russell Gage, good enough to get him uh, the 300-yard bonus for like the seventh game in a row you know he just they just let him sling it and and that's how they move the ball right we saw they struggled to run the ball with chalk brian will brian hill last week um and you know i, I even said it on the podcast you know cadre allison was not a part of the game plan two weeks ago i think we might be in for a surprise where you know this week a week of practice without devonta freeman they might get him more involved. And what do you know? He's the goal line back. He takes the touchdown away from Brian Hill. Now, this week, I just think Matt Ryan is the top choice based on the matchup and based on the volume of passing that he should see. Uh, paying down, I think Jeff Driscoll is going to be my preferred pay down option. And there are players w- between Driscoll and Ryan that I think are in good spots and are viable for cash, right? Sam Darnold, um, Drew Brees, Derek Carr. um, They all should, they all have pretty good matchups, should perform uh, from a fantasy point standpoint. However, I don't think that their projections are so far off from Jeff Driscoll's that we just don't pay down for Driscoll. Uh, Baker Mayfield's another one that I think may be popular. But to be honest, I think Driscoll's in a great spot. I know he's on the road, but uh, Redskins defense, he's looked really good. He's a very mobile quarterback. Um, he's a guy that you know started his career at Florida, then went to Louisiana Tech, followed him. Um, 
throughout his college football career. He's a very mobile quarterback. We saw that the last two weeks. He's basically tacked on seven to eight fantasy points each week on average that he has started with just rushing stats. And one thing that that does that people don't realize is it keeps the play alive, right? Even if he's not racking up rushing stats, you know, crossing the line of scrimmage, gaining yards, scoring rushing touchdowns, just the fact that he's able to escape the pocket, keep a play alive, you know, find a receiver downfield. He actually did it with Kenny Galladay last week. The pocket collapsed. Matt Stafford would have been toast. He escaped and threw a 34-yard strike to Kenny Galladay, kept the drive alive. They scored on that drive, I'm pretty sure. So things like that kind of go unchecked in the box score uh, or even in the narrative of a quarterback's play. But the fact that he is not going to you know, take drive-killing sacks most of the time is a huge plus as well. At running back, I mentioned that it is very, very thin. We have Christian McCaffrey, obviously. I mean, just pin him to the top of this podcast if you could. He is game script proof. Even when his quarterback throws four picks and his team does not score a touchdown, he still hits 33 fantasy points. Uh, I know that last week you heard me tilt my face off that Ron Rivera let him in the game for that last two for those last two series and you know let him rack up 10 fantasy points and cost me some things but uh I'm I'm back on the Christian McCaffrey bandwagon this week obviously I think he is the top play at running back in terms of raw fantasy points there may be one or two other players that I think from a point per dollar perspective might have a a little bit better outlook but um, in this game in New Orleans I think New Orleans is going to put a an offensive show on in this game you know I'm not afraid of James Bradbury locking down Michael Thomas so I think the New Orleans pass game has its way and then obviously I think Kamara and Latavius Murray are in a good spot against a pretty terrible Panthers run defense that puts the Panthers behind the eight ball kind of like they were last week and that's a great game script for McCaffrey as he gets a million checkdowns this week again. Um, then I think Alvin Kamara is in a great spot. I don't know if last week's game script or two weeks ago's game script um, has anything to do with Kamara's usage, but it looks like he is, it's not 1A, 1B. It's Kamara, then Latavius Murray. They believe in, in Kamara, and now they get the Carolina Panthers, who have given up the most rushing touchdowns to running backs and you know, Kamara hasn't scored, has only scored two touchdowns all year. I think that regresses to the mean this week, and I think he has a pretty big day on the ground, and then obviously we know what he can do through the air. And then there are two 6K backs in Derrick Henry and Le'Veon Bell. Um, You know, Derrick Henry is pretty game script dependent. He doesn't catch a ton of passes. Um, You know, here or there, they'll set up a design screen for him, and usually he gets like 30 or 40 yards or on that screen, but they're not throwing him the ball uh, in a voluminous way, right? He's not getting five or six checkdowns a game. However, in this spot, the Jags are just being gashed by running backs. We saw you know, Marlon Mack and journeyman Jonathan Williams in the second half combined for like 250 rushing yards last week. They just can't stop anybody on the ground. I think the Titans are going to commit to Derrick Henry. I, I mean, 100 yards and hopefully two touchdowns. You, you know, he's kind of in the same spot we were with Josh Jacobs last week. 
you know, we knew Jacobs was in a great rushing spot. We knew that he was going to get a ton of rushing yards. It was just a matter of can he hopefully punch it in. He was a victim of some touchdown variants. You know, Carr ran one in. Um, they, they ran a play action and, and got a touchdown to Foster Moreau. So there was just a little bit of touchdown variance there, which is what hurts you um, when you rely on touchdowns, especially in cash. But I think Derrick Henry is fine for cash this week. At 6,900, he should you know rack up the rushing yards and hopefully at least grab one touchdown. And then there's Le'Veon Bell. I'm not a huge fan of Lev Bell uh, personally. I don't mean as a person. I just mean me in particular. I'm not a huge fan of playing Le'Veon Bell. I think he has a really capped ceiling. Um, the Jets' offensive line is not great. And, I mean, if you, you look at the rushing production, it's just not good. There's no holes for him. He's he's getting, like, 50 yards a game on 17 to 20 carries. It's just he's going nowhere. The only way he's getting in the end zone is if he punches in uh, a short touchdown when they get down there. So I really think that, like, the Jets are moving the ball through the air. And bell will get there this week at 6400 if he's a part of the passing game which he normally is but you know there's weeks where he only gets like two catches for 20 yards and if that's one of those weeks this week then i think we're in trouble um the order that i just mentioned those running backs in are the order that i would roster them in honestly guys at this point i don't see another cash game running back that i feel comfortable recommending to you at this point, I'm sure value will open up. Uh, maybe if Jordan Howard's ruled out again, we can go back to Miles Sanders. That was a complete aberration that Sanders did not, uh, you know, pay off for us. Uh, hurts me to my core. It's a stake through my heart. But, I mean, he had four touches in the second half. Uh, he was ineffective against the Patriots' defense. I think he would be much more effective against the Seahawks' defense. And hopefully they learned their lesson. Hopefully they went back and looked at the tape and saw that he was like wide open for chain moving checkdowns uh, throughout the whole second half and I don't know what in God's name Carson Wentz was trying to do fitting the ball in you know to guys like Nelson Aguilar and JJ Arthaga Whiteside uh, but maybe we can go back to Miles Sanders maybe something else opens up as well down the line but really those four are the only guys that I am you know clicking on when I'm running optimal lineups as of this point at wide receiver, obviously Michael Thomas, but I don't think with with paying up for three running backs, I don't think it, it's possible to get Michael Thomas in this week. Um, I think he's a great pivot in tournaments, though. Obviously, Julio and Calvin Ridley as the two main concentrated targets in this Falcons offense with Freeman and Hooper probably out again. I think we can go back to them. And then, you know, from there it gets a little dicey in the mid-range. Everybody is priced up this week. DJ Moore is priced up again. I I still like him. You know, 15 targets last week. He's obviously Kyle Allen's favorite target. So I think we could go back to DJ Moore or even the other DJ. DJ Chark looked great. He has a Q tag. And that's the other thing. There's a lot of Q tags this week at wide receiver. So we kind of have to see how that pans out before we, you know, pull any triggers. But... Chark and Moore in the 6K range, uh, I think, are definitely viable. I think we're going to see a lot of ownership on the Titans and Jags players and even maybe the Cowboys and Patriots players just because they're the only two 4 o'clock games and nobody wants all nine roster spots to go at 1, 1 p.m. 
I just look to my right and this guy is um, staring right into my window and I'm curious if he is a listener to the Ride in NFL DFS podcast because he is intent on watching me talk right now. <clears throat> Maybe he needs help. All right, well, he drove away. So from there, I think we can go to Devontae Parker. You know, in, in a matchup where the Browns, you know, probably will jump out to a lead. I think everybody's got their Baker boner back, and I think rightfully so against this Dolphins defense. They should be able to get it going with Odell and Landry. So I think, you know, Parker will be in a good game script. He's seeing a ton of targets. He's been one of the most consistent fantasy assets this year. You know, he's relied on touchdowns, but we saw last week he doesn't need touchdowns to get there. He went 7 for 130, huge day for Parker. So I think we can go to Devonta Parker. And then from there is where it gets thin, right? So we want to paint down at receiver. Sorry for the blinker there everyone so we want to pay down at receiver to get up to these high priced running backs and it's just you know not a great spot uh this week so from what i've seen there's hunter renfro at 4500 he is seeing a bunch of targets out of the slot for the raiders i think we could go there uh i think we could even take a look at taylor gabriel he has 20 targets in the last two weeks and the giants are a defense that can definitely be exploited and he has that um he has that like deep ball upside he has that that high ceiling like I think we saw like maybe five or six weeks ago he scored three touchdowns in a primetime game I'm not saying that's going to happen but he has that deep ball ability where in especially in head-to-head games you see uh, when you have a player like that you roster a player with a ceiling and they go off they can really capture you know help you capture 90 95% of your head-to-heads I think that is uh he is a viable play from there Demarius Thomas uh he has moved into the wide receiver two role for the Jets uh replacing Dustmite Robbie Anderson you know Anderson I don't know if it's the offensive line Uh, Darnold's afraid to hold the ball or what but Anderson's just not being targeted downfield it's pretty much all Crowder Bell and uh, Demarius Thomas so I think at 3,800 if he sees another six seven targets that's definitely viable and then there are two players way down there that are you know risky you kind of have to hold your breath when you when you click on them but Alan Hearns has become the second most targeted Dolphins wide receiver um at 3,300, if he's going to go 5 for 50, that's all we really need, especially if you if it gets you what you want at the top of the salary scale. And then Tim Patrick, he's just mispriced because he came out of nowhere last week um, off of injury and basically, you know, saw eight targets from Brandon Allen. Maybe it's a preseason hookup thing. Maybe it's you know he was just the he just had the easiest matchup last week so they're trying to target him more I'm not 100% sure but either way at like absolutely min salary he should be uh, in consideration you know against the Bills traveling to Buffalo pretty good pass defense Um, Cortland Sutton should see some Tredavious White which 
could potentially muck up his target share and then the Bills have been really good against tight ends so I think maybe Noah Fant doesn't see as many targets as we think and they all funnel to Tim Patrick Um, you never know so he is definitely a viable play obviously all these plays will be touched upon again um, in the Saturday update as I dive more in this is kind of just a first look uh, at tight end I think we can go either Eagles tight end, believe it or not. Um, if we're paying up Zach Ertz, I mean, he's just back to the Zach Ertz role. They came out of the buy and said, let's feed him like we did last year. He's just being underutilized. He's got 11 targets and nine catches in each of his last two games. That's huge. Uh, and the, the Seattle is bottom five in yards allowed to tight end. So I think we could definitely exploit that. If you're paying down, I think we could go to Goddard. The problem with Goddard is he's a little bit touchdown dependent. You know, he's going to catch four balls for 30 yards or three balls for 50 yards and we really don't want seven or eight fantasy points but he is a red zone target so if he converts on one of those red zone targets then he pays off big time um but to be honest all these tight ends are kind of touchdown dependent down there that's what you're counting on and i think goddard has a pretty good chance at a touchdown and then the last play i think is vance mcdonald believe it or not he has seen seven targets in his last three games he's only 3500 which is cheaper than goddard at 3700 and the Steelers are going to be without uh, a bunch of key offensive weapons. Um, the problem is, can Mason Rudolph get him accurate balls? We don't know. But, you know, Juju's unlikely to play. We're not 100% sure about Deontay Johnson. Uh, James Conner, obviously, not going to play. So this is a very thin Steelers depth chart uh, at pass catcher against a Bengals defense that is a absolute sieve that's just going to relinquish whatever they want uh, as long as Rudolph is accurate so I think we can also look to Vance McDonald at defense uh, I think the Bills and the Broncos game is a game that we can target uh, from both aspects you know the Bills are coming off that massive game Josh Allen wins everybody a millionaire maker or I should say Josh Josh, uh, Allen wins the millionaire maker for somebody they kind of beat up on a bad Miami secondary. Um, you know, undrafted corner Nick Needham is just getting toasted by John Brown for the most part. And I think people are maybe thinking the the Bills have turned the corner, which they may have. We saw this last year with Josh Allen. However, with Chris Harris on John Brown, pretty much their only weapon in the pass game, I think the Broncos have a good shot to go into Buffalo, get some pressure on Allen, get some sacks. You know, the Bills are below the league average in sacks allowed and the, the Broncos are above the league average in, in sacks uh, in sacking the quarterback so I think we can get pressure on them with the Broncos and they could definitely turn up some fantasy points from the other side of it I think the Bills uh, could definitely I mean going into you know going into Buffalo and having to deal with the Bills defense is going to be tough for Brandon Allen uh, we thought that last week with the Vikings, uh, but I know Harrison Smith got hurt. There was just a bunch of issues that caused some problems um, for the Vikings that I think the Bills could definitely take care of. And then I think we could pay all the way down to the Bengals. Um, I just mentioned it. I, I think we could play Vance McDonald and the Bengals defense. I don't think that's an issue. Uh, but I mean, like the Steelers are trotting out nobody. 
They have Mason Rudolph. They have Deontay Johnson, maybe. James Washington. Johnny Holton might be getting uh, extra snaps. Tevin Jones. Like, this sounds like a D2 game uh, in your backyard. So, they have, I mean, James Connors out. They're going to be relying on Jalen Samuels and who knows who else, Tory Brook James, uh, UDFA out of Oregon. So, not a ton of skill players. And we saw the Bengals have it. You know, the Bengals went into Oakland last week and did all right for themselves. But at really what it is is at 2100, you pay down, they get seven or eight DK points, and you call it a day because they let you pay up for Kamara and all the other studs that you want. Now, let's look at this from a, you know, a broader blimp view here. Last week, what was the lesson learned? Pay down defenses are not great options. Uh, we saw the Cardinals only get four or five fantasy points. We've seen it from all these defenses that are, you know, 1.5K, 1.9K. They're there, they're there for a reason. They stink. So just make sure that the roster that you create with the Bengals is one that you are uh, comfortable with. I think, you know, the Broncos are only 300 more if you can get up to them. And then we have the Bills at 3,400. I mean, this is a week, guys, where I think there's uh, there's not one defense that sticks out. So find the one, roster all of your the other eight players on your squad, and then see who fits at defense. Uh, maybe there's one that will stick out to you at the price range uh, that you have left. Um, I wouldn't try to fit in the Bengals or try to fit in the Bills. It's a week where all the defenses are pretty closely projected uh, for me. So don't make any defense a priority. Make your, you know, your skill players a priority and see what fits. Okay, guys, that'll do it for the Thursday edition of the NFL DFS podcast here at The Ride In, brought to you by Fanshare Sports. I forgot to say that at the beginning of this episode, brought to you by Fanshare Sports. Go check out fansharesports.com, an awesome tool for you to see who's going over-owned and overlooked to you know figure out your GPP player pool. If you like a guy a lot this week and they're not being tagged and touted over at Fanshare Sports, then get them into your GPP lineup overweight And if you're right, you know, you win some money. All right, I'll be back with the Saturday update or maybe the Sunday morning update. We'll see. But I will have a podcast on the weekend talking about all the value that has opened up, hopefully, and where we are going to go from there. Good luck in all your showdown contests tonight, everyone. Check out 4for4.com for showdown content. Great showdown content there by Aaron Hendricks. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good weekend. I will talk to you on Saturday.